Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Corcoran Entertainment Show. I'm your host, Frankie Corcoran. Um, here we are back to our regular Tuesday routine. Of course, obviously, I mean, we're still going to do the Tuesday shows. Um, for, the, for, for those of you guys who don't know uh, what I'm talking about, of course, we had our special uh, new bi-weekly segment, uh, which is, of course, uh, Thursday Think Tank with Christian and Friends. Of course, Christian Patenza and Friends. Um and so that is going to be our new bi-weekly segment uh, that will be out every second Thursday. Uh, me and Christian, uh, we're going to have some guests on. Um, and it's going to be uh, lots of fun, I think. Um, as soon as we did the first uh, podcast together, we thought that, that it, it went super well, that we should do something else together and that we should just keep this going. Uh, and so, yep, and that is exactly what we are doing. So hope you guys enjoyed the first episode of the Thursday Think Tank. And uh, stay tuned for more to come uh, the following uh, Thursday. Um, not this Thursday, but the one after. Um, uh, so, yeah, and also speaking of guests, uh, people uh, I'm doing podcasts with who I think we have great chemistry with, that's also the case with our guest today. My guest today is uh, Jerry uh, from Jerry's Takes. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, uh, Jerry's Takes, it's a YouTube channel, covers everything in entertainment, Walking Dead. Uh, Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad, uh, The Sopranos, uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, everything. Uh, and I have been such a fan of, of his work uh, throughout the years and his channel and listening to his coverage on all the different shows. We share a lot of the same interests and uh, it really fit well with with uh, what I do here on the podcast and he was a great fit and we had great chemistry uh super excited for you guys to listen to our chat talk a little bit about what how we got started on YouTube uh the a little bit on Walking Dead Fear the Walking Dead hate watching uh you name it it's there um by the way guys uh so you can also check this episode out uh or not this whole episode but you can listen to the interview segment, the video version is going to be on Jerry's Takes on YouTube. Type that in Jerry's Takes on YouTube and you'll find the video version of the interview. To watch the rest of, or listen to the rest of the episode, you'll have to come back to Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, just uh, whichever you, you prefer, if you're a visual person, if you're just uh, whatever, audio is only, whatever, uh, whichever works. But there's two options for you to watch this episode today. Um so yeah, and uh, later in the show, I want to give my thoughts on why I think the the new TED TV series, of course, by Seth MacFarlane, should continue, and I hope does continue. I'll talk a little bit more about that later. And uh, the recent announcement that Jim Carrey, who was set to retire or was contemplating retirement after Sonic 2, is confirmed to be returning for Sonic the Hedgehog 3. I want to give my thoughts on that. Uh, and uh, anyways, guys, uh, without further ado, sit back, relax, and uh, enjoy the show today. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Corcoran Entertainment Show. I'm your host, Frankie Corcoran. And today, uh, I'm, I'm, I keep forgetting where my camera is because I don't normally do the video ones. Uh, but uh, here we are. I'm looking at the camera right here. I'm looking at you guys now. Uh, today, I have a uh, special guest. 
Uh, he is someone who I uh, very much uh, admire on, on, on YouTube and uh, respect the hell <laughs> out of what he does. It, he's one of those guys where you watch a terrible uh, episode of a terrible show and you just have to go on his YouTube just to hear him rant about it. And it is some of the best uh, content that you will ever get on YouTube. Uh, Jerry's takes. Jerry, how's it going, man? It's going good, man. Thank you so much for having me on. And I appreciate that intro, too. I try. I try to be as honest <laughs> as I can. But thank you. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm doing good. I appreciate you coming out. And as I said before, I am a fan. So this is a big deal for me. It's so funny that watching all your videos and then as soon as we hopped on the Zoom call um, last week, just to kind of talk things out, I was like, Oh God, am I watching a video or like, holy shit, like it's actually Jerry. Um, and uh, so it's also kind of funny um, uh, speaking of meeting uh, famous people and uh, people uh, that, that uh, you've watched for years. Um, just recently, you had one of your own. You met, I mean, I, I think everybody here has seen or heard of Breaking Bad at some point. Dean yeah. fucking Norris. You happen to run into him at a bar in New York, which is unreal. Tell us about that <laughs> at a bar. Yeah, it not it knocked my socks off. I'm still recovering from it. Uh, yeah, no, literally randomly, man. I was at a bar in New York. It was after work. I was with my friend and we were like, what are we going to do? So we went bar hopping, just looking around for a place to go. And we kept finding this one place. We we're like, should we go in here? It looked it looked really quiet. We decided to go in. And I'm glad we did, because out of nowhere, Dean fucking Norris walked in the door. <laughs> Craziest thing ever. And I kept saying the whole time, I was like, that's Dean Norris. And my girlfriend and my friend were like, no way. Like, get real. Like, he's not around here. He lives in L.A. or wherever. And I'm like, no, like, that's Dean Norris. I couldn't keep my eyes off of him. And then he's, he started to, like, notice. It was the weirdest thing, but it was crazy getting to actually meet him. I went up to him, like I said in the video, and I was like, are you Dean Norris? And he's like, yeah. And like, he has the crazy <laughs> Hank sound. And it was just the, it was the most insane thing, man. It was, it was absolutely crazy. I'm still recovering. Like, seriously. <laughs> it's just so funny how you do it. Yeah. I'm like, I, that's just exactly because you, you hear them on TV and then you're like, there's no way they, they actually talk like that. But apparently Dean Norris actually talks like that. Like, oh, exactly. <laughs> the same exactly this the same the same person like i don't they are that is literally hank like i don't know it's it's crazy it's did crazy. he start so like cool. cracking jokes like ah, 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 or doing the <laughs> hank laugh whatever <laughs> he definitely laughed and then because we at first he was like a little i guess tense or weird I feel, I feel weird going up to people like it's a little bizarre going up to a celebrity i've also like never really seen a celebrity like i know we had talked about it before but dog the bounty hunter was like the only <laughs> other one that i saw but <laughs> this is like the only real celebrity i care to see so i feel weird going up and like talking to one like that so he was a little tense in the beginning but then as like the night went on and we went back up to him he eased up he laughed he didn't make any jokes but i i got the <laughs> like the the <laughs> dean morris like laugh i, I it was awesome it was sick <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part about this i mean obviously it's dean norris we all love breaking bad uh but it was so funny how in that video where you're just basically saying guys i met hank from breaking bad you just casually let slip you're like so yeah guys i mean you know i, I met Do dog the bounty hunter before and uh but but dean norris and i was like hold on a minute you met dog the bounty hunter what like tell us about that I'm, yeah. I'm like he can't tell us that and then not explain it 
<laughs> I was young. I was I was probably 12 if I had to guess. Somewhere in that time frame and I'm walking into Animal Kingdom with my family and literally like right behind me is Dog the Bounty Hunter with his wife and like I don't know if it was his entourage or if it was like kids i don't know who it was but he was right behind us and, I, and my dad was freaking out he was like oh that's dog the bounty hunter and i didn't really know much but i i don't have too much crazy to recall from it but i remember seeing him and being like that's dog the bounty hunter and then we like said hi and went about our ways it wasn't anything crazy but it was it was weird <laughs> i don't know how it was dog and dean norris i felt like i was being tracked by one and kind of tracked by the other with hank too but pretty awesome <laughs> pretty freaking awesome sucks. Like, nobody can say that. I literally haven't met anybody who just say, yeah, I was in lineup at Animal Kingdom and fucking Dog the Bounty Hunter was <laughs> Like, who can say that? Uh, but spot. you live in New York, though, right? So you must yeah. deal with that a lot, like, just casually seeing, uh, maybe not, like, big, big celebrities, but uh, have you met any other people just walking through New York, like, uh, whether you're heading to work or just going out to get a coffee or something like that, where you're just like, holy shit, look at that. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, we, um, actually, it's weird. I don't know if I told you on the last call we had, but we actually just recently, I was, it was just me this time, but I was walking to work and I pass the NBC building every morning when I go. So at the time that I go, I guess that's when celebrities come in to do their talk shows. And it just so happens I pass where usually they'll walk in. So like every day there's someone lining up or there's like a group of people lining up to get signatures. Just so happened, I literally like bumped right into Dwayne Wade, who is pretty famous NBA player here in the States. So that was crazy. We almost like touched shoulders. That was nuts. And then my girlfriend and I were walking in East Village in New York and we bumped into a comedian. She likes Hannah Burner. I'm not too sure if you're familiar. I wasn't Hannah too Burner. familiar. Yeah, I wasn't too familiar. <laughs> my but... mind went to Hannibal Burress for a minute. I don't know why. <laughs> if I saw Hannibal Burress, I'd be freaking out. I, that, that would be my favorite person. Be the Up best. with Dean. Up oh with Dean Norris or yeah. Doug. Or dog, yeah. The, the the legends they fit in a special character uh, category. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. Well, I mean, like for for New York, it's just so casual for people. Like if you're at anywhere else, like if you're in my hometown here in Miramichi, you walked in the street and you happen to see Dean Norris. Just it would just be like just paparazzi, like like everybody would just be crowding around to meet him. Whereas in New York, it's a whole different. Just walking in the street, like oh hey, how are you? You oh, know, yeah. is that how casual things are in New York? I mean, yeah. I've been there twice, and it was just like just the craziest walking down. But I mean, you actually live there, so what's it like for you? Yeah, it's it it's definitely like that. It's kind of weird because I also came from a smaller town growing up. I recently moved here within the last uh, five months, something like that. So I still feel part tourist, but I still <laughs> like I now live here. So it's a little different. But I've noticed that that happens all the time and people don't care if anything. Like if you ran into one of the big YouTubers like Casey Neistat on the streets in New York. It's just like, oh, I like your content. Like, it's nothing crazy. But for me, like, having just moved here, I just want to go up and scream, like, and freak out. But um, <laughs> it's been an adjustment, but it is true that it's kind of part of it here. I feel like it's so weird in New York City, the fact that I'll take the subway and I'll be with people who are, you know, whether they're in school, working at a McDonald's, or even, you know, running a hedge fund, or literally just got off of a cover shoot for GQ. Like it's crazy. I haven't seen that many people, but it's still weird to know that there's that sort of sense of community in New York where it doesn't matter what you do or how you are. You all 
go about the same sort of life. You do the same sort of stuff and take the same commutes. It's, it's a really interesting environment to be. There's, it's the only place that I feel like is like that where you have such a disparity, but everyone's all together. It's, it's really cool. So it's not like Home Alone 2 where you just casually run into people in the biggest city in the world, all the two <laughs> robbers that you, you know, like nearly killed last year. You just happen to run into them on the street. You know what I mean? Like, no, not no, like that at all. Shockingly, no. But I did a couple of weeks ago. I was walking on the streets home from work. I didn't know my cousin was in town at all. Like had no idea. And I literally almost just bumped right into my cousin. And it's so like, it's like, what, that was crazier than meeting Dean Norris. Cause it's like the city's so big. So when you run into someone like that, it's, it, it really is weird. It's, it's, it's a very odd feeling, but yeah, no, it's, it's a big city. I wish I could say it was that common to like see people, but it's, it's really not as much. Um, so it, it is pretty mine. It's, it's, it blows my mind every time I see someone. It's crazy. Absolutely. And and it's been what five months you said since you've been in New York City? Uh uh, where were uh were you before? New Jersey, was it? Is that where you were before? Yeah, I grew yeah. up in New Jersey. I lived like right outside of Philadelphia. Uh so I spent, you know, my whole life there. And I actually never wanted to live in the city. It was ne like never for me. And then I came one day for work. I just I came up here and I was like, okay, I'm moving here. I just something about it. I, I don't know what it was. I think it's just the fact that there's I feel like everyone has a different drive here. I don't know. I don't know how to put it into words, but it's it's a very interesting feeling. And I just fell in love with it um, when I got here. Everyone's on the move. And for some people, that's it's a lot like every it's very hustle and bustle. But there was something attractive about that to me. And it just drew me here. I don't I don't know why, but. Uh, I'm listening to myself and like the way I see it is I'm connecting. The, I, you don't connect the dots until you've done something. So, you know, just kind of go with your heart where you can. That's kind of where I've been taking it. No, absolutely. Just, just going with the flow kind of thing. Um, yeah. and, and so, I mean, uh, um, obviously of course, you know, uh, uh, a pretty big, uh, YouTuber now, uh, uh, congrats on all the success, uh, Thanks. with the channel. Um, and everything uh big big fan of it fan of all the videos and everything but how'd you get started with doing youtube how long have you been doing it because you actually have two channels there's of course jerry's takes and jerry's uh film talks correct is that what the other one is or it's just jerry's talks it was confusing this channel was jerry's film talks before like the walking dead channel and then that was something else but i changed that to jerry's it makes no sense but it's jerry's talks and it's jerry's takes jerry's takes is the uh tv one but yeah but yeah i have those two channels um I got so I've been posting videos for a very long time. <laughs> it the first video, and I actually don't know if I told you this, but the first YouTube channel I ever created was over 10 years ago. I've been posting for a while, but I self-published a book about Disney World, believe it or not, when I was really young, when I was Ooh, 12. <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't hear know about why. that. <laughs> I forgot to tell you about this, but this kind of factors into the YouTube thing. I I self-published a book when I was 12. It's called Phantasmic Secret. Totally random. But I created a YouTube initially around then to kind of promote the book before it came out on a channel called Debunker Tech. Doesn't exist anymore. I, I, I don't know why. When I was young, I got like embarrassed that I did it and I deleted all the videos and I don't really like talk about it too much. But that that's where I started posting and I really liked it. So then from there, I made Jerry's Talks, which is... My it's the blue logo one of my two channels, and I've had that channel 
forever. It was called like rock hard team back in the day. Then like opinion nation. It's, it's been through the ringer and I never really knew what to post on that channel. So I just kind of like posted whatever I felt like posting. Um, but that's really where I started. I saw really no traction for a while because I feel like at the time outside of the Disney stuff that I was doing, I didn't really have like a drive in any of the content I was creating. So it wasn't really purposeful, didn't have an audience. And that was okay. I just liked playing around with YouTube. I would have like, when I was young, I always wanted to do YouTube a lot more and stuff like that. Um, but it never worked. And I realized somewhere along the way that best way to make it work. Not that I'm like, not that I've ever been somewhere where like, I need to make YouTube work. It's just the best way to actually do it is to be you. The It's the only way it works on a platform called YouTube. And when I started making videos that, you know, I guess, I guess felt like it was truly coming from me. Cause it is like, it's, it's me. It, for the first time, it feels like I sit down in front of a camera and I'm talking to a friend. And that's what I always wanted. I always wanted to make content where I felt like I was having a conversation with a friend or like with myself because the content wasn't made and stuff like that. And I'm I'm rambling a lot, but essentially I realized that that worked and it made me feel happy making content too. I enjoyed doing it. I've, as of right now, I feel like there's nothing slowing me down. I just want to make more content. Every day I've been like living and breathing it, uh, but it took a while. It took like definitely over 10 years before I got to a place where I felt comfortable on YouTube, but I, I love it. I love YouTube. It's such an amazing platform. It really is. It's just so awesome. And such a good fan base too, uh, that you got, uh, over the years too, whether it's uh, from like, you know, Walking Dead, Better Call Saul videos, Breaking Bad videos, like there's always something like whether like you've been doing uh, Sopranos uh, uh, videos, someone like me, I haven't seen it. It's like, okay, I, I don't watch uh, the Sopranos, but oh, he does Walking Dead. Oh, he does Better Call Saul. So there's something in it for everybody. And uh, that's also something uh, um uh, what you had uh, mentioned, you know, YouTube, like, it's not like it's just some AI robot who's just giving his thoughts on it. Like the fact that, yeah. that you and I have now gotten to know each other through this, like, that's something like, that's one of the best parts about it is that you make all these connections uh, and stuff like that. What, uh, what's been the best part that's come out of your uh, YouTube career the last uh, uh, 10 years? Well, definitely this channel. I, um, I had, I had a, brief spout with TikTok. I got, I had a pretty big thing with TikTok. And I think the reason I bring it up is the one thing that's remained consistent, whether it was TikTok when I started posting on there or even YouTube now is the sense of community you get with the people around you. Exactly what you said. Like we didn't know each other. Then we started posting, then we get to meet each other. And who would have thought we'd ever have this conversation? So one of the biggest highlights of that in general was whether it's it's you or it's even people like The Walking David or other individuals that I've met through YouTube, it's being able to connect with new people face to face through this. And we all have a shared, we have all have a shared mission. We all have a shared love for the platform. So I don't know if there's any any one thing that's happened in particular. But it's the meetings that I've had and the people that I've met through both what was my old TikTok and what is this YouTube account. I've met so many amazing people and the fan base is just truly wonderful. I really do feel like, like I said, where it's like me talking to a camera, but I feel like I'm talking to a friend. I feel like the responses I get from the people in the community 
those are my friends that I'm talking to. That's what it feels like. And that's, I think the most beautiful thing. I, I think YouTube is so amazing for that and it opens so many doors. It really does. It's so awesome. And I'm sure you agree. You've talked to so many people too. And it's, it's probably the best feeling to be able to talk to people and network on this platform and just, just, you know, I think that's the way to go about life. I think it's awesome. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's one of those things where you never thought you'd ever, you're like, yeah, I'll just do this podcast. I'm not going to, you know, just do it. Like I started doing it with people that I know locally. And then it went from all of a sudden I'm doing it with big YouTubers like yourself. You know what I mean? It's like, did I ever think that was going to happen? No. Did Well, granted, I didn't think I was going to make it past 20 episodes. I was just doing it just because we can't do shows. So I'm like, there's something else I, I have to do. Let's start a podcast. And now here we are. I'm doing both. And it feels uh, really, really good. Um, and uh, one thing that I always loved uh, about your content is that it's always um, – you always uh, take it back to to the whole creative aspect of it, the production. Like uh, you have one video, guys. Feel free to look it up. Uh, what makes the Always Sunny podcast so perfect? And uh, it really is perfect. It's oh, a shame yeah. that they haven't uploaded in uh, forever now. I know. Uh, yeah, it's unreal. It was the writer strike happened, and then it just all, all of a sudden just they don't do nothing with it now, which is a bummer. Yeah. But it really. You you basically described everything that I love about those types of podcasts and just why I started doing making plays and stuff like that to begin with. It's the whole creative aspect and all that. And you also uh, yourself, you 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 um, uh, have been too busy for it now. But of course, you also had a web design business as yeah. well, too. How did that uh, listening to all those podcasts or not just the podcast, but just hearing about the behind the scenes production and the creative aspect. How did that influence you in your endeavors, whether it's your uh, web design business or YouTube? Oh, that's a fair, that's a very good question, actually. Um, Holy shit, I just stumped Jerry. Jerry yeah. never gets stumped. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, God. Um, I, I think... One of the things, and it was a takeaway from specifically my Why It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia video. And I, I honestly don't remember exactly what I talked about in the video, but. He was drunk when he made it, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I blacked out. I don't know what happened. Um, one of the things that really stood out to me about something like that, and just in general, how YouTube overall has influenced um, creation, is just the ability to not give a fuck and mm. and just make something that is truly you. And I think there's beauty in, there's beauty in that. Like people, I feel like there's a lot of people out there that don't want to start YouTube or want to do web design or do whatever because they have reservations. They feel like they might get judged or whatever and all of that stuff. And I feel like one of the biggest takeaways from watching creators like Charlie Day, specifically Char uh, Rob McElhenney and the crew from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia they have just such an interesting creative process where there's no shame. They're very creative. They just have fun in a room together. I think that could reflect in any kind of art. It's all about collaboration. It's all about fun. So I've always been a big fan of in my web design endeavors when I did them. I, I don't do them as much anymore, but when I did them, um, the art of collaboration, I think, is one of the biggest things. And you really stumped me with that question, so I'm trying to think. But like, <laughs> definitely the art of collaboration, because I think that is a true art form, and that's where a lot of great ideas come to mind. I hope that answered the question. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, collaboration, like, it's the whole creative, like, just seeing the finished product 
I think is the best part because you yeah. work hard to do it and then you're you're bouncing ideas uh back and forth uh with each other and then really I think it's seeing the whole thing put together you're like it feels yeah. good like you must feel like that with your videos where like you 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 go way further than I go when it comes to editing videos and and stuff like that hell I don't even do the videos much anymore it's just the podcast but you with your videos where there's the close-ups and it's the 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 filter changes and stuff like that how do you feel when you look at it at the very end is it more so like you don't act it doesn't actually set in that you're like holy shit I did a great job with that or is it more so just holy fuck that was tiring I'm, I'm so glad it's done Definitely the latter. Like I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy doing it. I, I think editing is fun to a certain extent. I, I like talking and I like getting a final cut of a video down, but sometimes it just takes so long and I want to do it right when I make a video. So like, I want to have emphasis points. I want to jump into the camera and all of that stuff. But by the time it's done, I'm ready to be done, but I'm guilty of watching my own content for a similar reason to what I said. It's content. Anything I make is stuff that I wanted to see online. So that's kind of why I made it. You know what I mean? So when I do watch it back, once it's all done, it does feel good to see it come together. It is a really great moment to see every piece finally was finished. And now I feel like videos used to take a while for me to edit because I wasn't that good at it. But now it's kind of, I'm on like a speed run every time I edit and I just do jump cut, blah, 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 like, and it's done. Um, but it's still always rewarding to see that final product. It's kind of like, I, I'm a big tech fan. So like when I get an, a new iPhone or when I get an iPad or whatever, that feeling of opening a box is like exciting. I love YouTube and I love content creation because I genuinely feel like every time you pl uh, click publish, on a video or even finish recording, you kind of have that excitement of that feeling, just watching something you made. It's a very rewarding feeling. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Definitely the latter though. I definitely, <laughs> definitely get a little more excited when it's done. I'm like, Thank well, God. it's funny when we see TV shows like, like better call Saul and movies and stuff like that, like Oppenheimer, Barbie, stuff like that. Uh, we only see the finished product. We don't see like, yeah. right. We're like, wow, that was very good. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, they were like, holy shit. Like, God, we're finally done. Like, oh my God. Like it's, it's a huge thing. Like, like filming a movie, obviously it's nothing compared to what we do, but uh, still like that type of like, people don't see that stuff. People don't see the struggles. They might talk about it later, but I even see like a Lord of the Rings. It was, who was it? Uh, it was one of the actors afterwards. He said, yeah, the movies were real messy, like behind the scenes. Like it was, but we, we never saw that. We just saw how the movies turned out, which was goddamn epic. Um, oh, yeah. There was one video um, that, uh, that uh, you made. It was around when Fear the Walking Dead's final, by the way, guys, I said this off the top. If you want to hear some good rants, you want to hear some good, just anything like that, like good, honest takes on a show, go on Jerry's channel and you got to check out some of his Fear the Walking Dead. Don't get me wrong. I, I've talked about Fear the Walking Dead on this podcast uh, many times before. It was like, a, ooh, 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 ooh. like it was just very bumpy. But you had this one video, and it was really interesting because lots of people say it all the time. Um, I, it, it's something like this. If you don't like it, why are you watching it? That's a yeah. big thing with people nowadays where, oh, oh, you don't like it? Oh, stop watching it. 
what's your take on that? Obviously, you did a whole video on it. So guys, feel free to 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 uh, check that out. But what do you say? Like when people are all like, oh, Jerry, just stop watching it, man. Stop. Like, God. Yeah. But like a show like Fear the Walking Dead. Like, I guess I hate it. I I, I could I could get angry. I hate it. Oh, go right ahead. But, (laughs) (laughs) But that being said, I there's a very special fond place for a show like that in my heart. So for me, it's not as simple as as just stop watching it. I started watching it because I enjoyed it. I, I loved the first three seasons of the show. And I've always been the type where when I start something, it's very hard for me to stop unless it's unless it's like really bad and there's not one element that keeps me hooked. With Fear the Walking Dead, that show is an example of a show that there's almost everything wrong with it on paper, but there's something that keeps me to it. I, again, part of it is that time you know, that time value that I've already put into the show, but it's also in general, just a a love that I have for it. So it's not, it's not as easy. And I'm sure you'd agree. It's not as easy for a show like this to just call it a quits. There's a lot of characters I've invested time in. There's a lot of people I care about. And just in general, I mean, I, even though I don't like what they did with it, I think there's something special about that franchise overall. So yeah, if if you don't like it, don't watch it. If there's nothing that you gain from the experience. But with something like Fear of the Walking Dead, at its worst, it's a very educational experience. I, I know that's crazy. Don't, don't write like these guys. Don't be these guys. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't know. I don't know if anyone's ever said like, watching Fear is an educational experience. But in a way, it's it's a mix of the love for the show, but also what not to do in production and also just the environment. I do I do have a love for it. So if you love something, you don't have to give it up, even if you hate what it is. You don't have to. I don't know. I, I'm sure you agree with that. Like, Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, because like like oh my god fear like it's just so crazy well it's funny because i i have friends who we, we used to watch walking dead all the time every season premiere we would have these big walking dead parties and we'd stay oh, up yeah. late and watch the episodes everything nowadays it's like oh you're still watching that oh oh wait, that's still on like oh my, oh, god. my god and then i and like even like fear the walking dead it's like for me i'm like like even going into like the the uh final six episodes was like uh, like complex i'm like i've watched it up till now there's only six episodes left uh, there are characters on there that i still really like you know like daniel salazar i think is okay. one of the best characters in the walking dead period even if the writing is shit but um there was still s- something where i'm like i i just can't stop watching you know what i mean like it's like i just want to see because i invested so much time into it i i just want to see how it ends um but when you're doing those videos like with fear of the walking dead like i love how honest you are that's the thing i love how honest you are do you ever worry about people who are uh, uh like obviously people get real passionate about it do you ever like okay i'm just gonna be honest but i don't want to oh god hopefully i don't hurt someone's feelings if they like the show like do you ever think that or is it just you know honesty just lay it all lay your cards on the table just say what's really on your mind I'd, I'd much rather be honest than yeah. not. So I definitely wouldn't say I don't care. Cause I, in after I watch a video that I make back, like where I'm ranting, I know it's going to bother some people. And, not me. I fucking yeah. love it. <laughs> like, I know so it. Funny. And I feel bad. And then sometimes I, I'm guilty of reading comments. I like to try to reply to all my comments. So I'm guilty of reading comments and things like that. 
And I see the occasional person who gets really upset because it's their favorite show. And look, I get that. I totally do. I think that's what's amazing about online is there's a discourse of both sides. And if you watched it till the end and you decided to comment, as much as I feel bad that I've upset you, this is an ongoing conversation. So I think that's just as beautiful as people who like it. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I do feel bad sometimes when I know I'm saying something like prime example. And I actually genuinely, we were talking about this. I genuinely do regret saying some of the things I said about Tracy's actress because I actually think I was wrong for saying that just genuinely after watching it. I was like, why would I say that? It's She's a young actress. I think she was dealt, unfortunately, a really poor script. Uh, and I feel horrible for calling her bad. But that's an example of something where that was just raw in the moment. That's how I felt. I didn't really care if people had a problem with it. And I think that's the beauty of discourse about the art medium. Everyone has a different opinion and it's subject to change, whether it's TV shows, whether it's theater, film, doesn't matter. I feel like that is how this sort of special thing that we've created over millennia has gone on by people talking about it from all different sides of the spectrum. So, uh, yeah, I feel bad sometimes, but in the end of the day, I don't care. Like, I, I like this is my opinion. It's my opinion. I, it, you don't have to agree with it. I would never be like, your opinion's wrong. Like, that's not how I am. This is just my opinion. You, everyone has different flavors of ice cream for a reason. You know what I mean? Or there is different flavors of ice cream. I don't know. I love that saying. That's that's such a good saying, though. <laughs> the, the flavors of ice cream, because it's true. It really is. Yeah. Um, but, but, like... Uh, <laughs> I just keep thinking about uh, you guys. So for those of you guys uh, who are uh, unaware about the Tracy. So, of course, uh, Fear the Walking Dead, there there is a character who came in who won't spoil too much. But basically, she was the daughter of the main villain of the final season. Yeah. And uh, the thing that got me was just the facial expressions. <laughs> like, what? What yeah. facial expressions? Like, oh. it was like, oh, my God. I was like, I remember. I first saw that before she even said a line. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, dude, just, just, just calm down. I'm... I know, I know. It drove me insane. It's like, couldn't you have just given a note? Like, I and I get, look, I, I again, I feel horrible. I feel horrible for making fun of her because I'm not. I'm really not. I'm just saying, like, couldn't you have given a note or something? I don't know. That was just how I took. That's how I left the episode. Like, come on. <laughs> But I get it. She's young. I I don't know. Oh yeah, and that's <laughs> the hard part. But then again, you can't help but think like, okay, this is your final season of a eight like eight seasons. Like that's the thing, and it's like that's who you got. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm sure she's got lots of potential. I think. Oh yeah. A lot of it was on the page. That Same. was a lot of it because yeah, I'm sure. Guarantee. I guarantee you, there is actors like Coleman Domingo on set reading the script like oh fuck like am i like how do i say this how do you not how do you like, not like oh god. god it's like every two seconds this is what they wanted it's been seven years anton and the just anton. <laughs> for those of you guys watching who haven't seen fear the walking dead um would you write yeah this is a good question for you actually would you actually recommend fear the walking dead to people like if people said yeah i'm thinking about watching this fear the walking dead would you actually say yes? Go for it, or like, oh, uh, it depends. That it depends. If you're a big Walking Dead fan, like, and you if you were obsessed 
with the main franchise and you love the fir- the the primary show, I'd probably say give it a shot, but it gets terrible after season four. Like I, I would give the warning, but I would recommend it because I think the first couple of seasons are really good and at its core, even aside from all the terrible writing, poor acting, there's really amazing cinematography in the show. Mm. There's a heartfelt story behind the core story, but the plot points are fucking terrible. But if you could get past those plot points, there's still the heart of the show underneath it all. So yeah, if you love The Walking Dead, yes. If you were starting from scratch and you didn't really care that much, then no, I I don't think it's necessary. But if you want to go deeper into The Walking Dead universe, I'd say why not? It's it's not nearly as good as Daryl Dixon or even Dead City and hopefully the ones who live, but it's it's for some, yes, for others, no. How about you? (laughs) Yeah, I I mean it's interesting. I like generally I think season three of Fear is one of the best seasons of all The Walking Dead. Like that right there. And season six of Fear the Walking Dead was actually fantastic as well. So I'm like it's like, okay, watch season three, skip four and five, but this is what you need to know. Watch six, seven. I'll be honest. I'm in the minority. I actually cu- did like season seven parts of it. Like, okay. I think, I think I did like the whole uh, Strand versus Morgan uh, 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 thing. It was handled like shit near the end of it, but on on paper, like it was such wasted potential. It was such like there was so much there. I'm like, you could do so much with Morgan and Strand and it would just no, they didn't. It yep. was just it. It did not go uh, that well. So it's tricky. I'd say, yes, definitely watch it. Uh, but here's what happens in season four and five. You don't uh, ever have to watch it uh, and then start with season six. Um, yeah. But um yeah, speaking of those spinoffs, though, my God, like, no, no, it's crazy. Though. So we're in February now. The Ones Who Live comes out at the end of the month. Right. I keep thinking. So two years ago, we did a podcast. It was one of our first episodes. Uh, me and some buddies had the topic of, are the Rick movies going to happen? And we were 50-50 on it. And now here we are two years later, and we're getting this Rick and Michonne. So when you see the trailers, do you think they could have made this into a movie? Like I generally think, like 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 I'm seeing this. I'm like they could have eat. Like I I I generally would have went to go see this in theaters. Oh yeah, I mean I definitely would have went to go see it in theaters. Um, I I think that The Walking Dead as a as its universe, personally, I feel like it fits better in a TV medium. But I would have I would have loved to have seen this in a movie environment too. So I I can't say I'd favor one over the other, but I do think the show, I like a show medium, fits better than a movie medium because you get three movies. They are amazing in theaters, and I would pay any money to see them. But there's something about a show that you could you don't like it could keep going. And also in general, I like the structure of a show. You have an hour each time to sit and watch it. It's it's a little bit of a different experience, um, but yeah. Oh, I think this definitely could have been a movie. The trailer looks like a movie. Like the shot of them flying over, I think it's Montana, or it looked like the Swiss Alps. I don't know what it was, but that is an example where I'm like, I should be in a theater watching this. 
Yeah, and I'm, literally. I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually excited because for my reviews and like when I'm watching it, my apartment has a movie theater in it, which is awesome. So I'm going to be watching it on a big screen. I can, I'm like so excited. I'm going to be watching it in a movie theater. I don't know if you saw my like Fear Season 8 final video in a movie theater. Oh, but I thought that was it. an actual movie theater. I'm no, not going to lie. I was like, <laughs> you're like, I rented out a movie theater for this. I'm like, yeah. So now if I know, you know, did you rent it? <laughs> I had to rent it. It's weird. You have to rent the theater and like they come and do this whole inspection freaking thing. You can't just like walk into it. Oh, it's private for you. They like do an inspection. You have to like sign in, rent it, blah, 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 the whole thing. But I'm going to do it for this and rent them each time for this. So no, it wasn't like a regular movie theater, but it, it basically, it, I don't know. I don't know. But yes. I'm excited because it has surround sound. It has the big screen. I'm going to sit back with some fucking popcorn. I'm going to, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. You'll be so good. Oh my God. Like I'm actually like in shock. Cause I'm seeing the promotions on like, uh, social media and stuff like that. I'm like, Oh my God, this is real. Like we've been waiting like oh, yeah, literally yeah. Se- as Morgan would say, it's been, yeah, it's been seven years since seven happened. years. <laughs> oh my God. Oh fuck. That's one thing that drove me nuts. Drove me up. The, the goddamn wall anyway hope, hopefully we see morgan though i love morgan um even though he yeah you know morgan yeah yeah <laughs> had his moment um <laughs> but you you said so, so yeah watching that in a theater that's always really like it's tricky there's some movies that i'm like okay i could have watched that at home but there's mm-hmm. other ones like are there any movies uh, for you uh, that came out where you're like, I just couldn't imagine watching that anywhere else? Because some people might be like, oh, s- save your money, watch it at home, you know? Like, yeah. But, but uh, what are your thoughts on that? I think a movie like Spider-Man No Way Home, Avengers Endgame, that stuff right there, I'm like, I want to see that in a theater. Like, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home is a prime example of that. That was one of the best movie experiences in a theater. I never saw Oppenheimer in theater, but I'd assume it was probably really good with the it 70 was millimeter. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Interstellar comes to mind when I saw that in theaters, that was awesome. I, I, I was so, I was in love enamored with that movie when it came out. I know that's cliched. Everyone loves interstellar, blah, blah, blah. But that was an example of a movie in theater. That was just, I, so good. Even the dark Knight. I saw that when that came out in theaters, Christopher Nolan, I think knows how to put on a movie theater spectacle and same with like Marvel movies or things like that. But yeah, there's definitely, definitely movies out there that that medium is very exciting, but it's hard to watch those movies in the same way when you're sitting either like with your iPad or on your TV, it's, it's definitely a different experience. They're still great, but it's better in the theater. Yeah. I wish I had uh, the interstellar experience uh, that you did. I literally watched it on my phone with my dog next to me. Like, I don't know if that was any, was there any other way I I, could have watched that? I don't know, but I remember watching, well, I, I saw the trailer. I don't know what movie I saw, but the interstellar trailer played before and it was so beautiful. I had like a fucking panic attack in the theater. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, like outer space and stuff of that. When I see that on a big screen, I'm like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm dying. Like, Same. it's just, oh, yeah. my God. There's something about it, though, that I'm like, I would trade it. Yeah, I wish <laughs> I wish I would do anything. And actually, I, I'm trying to see if I could find one. I would have I would have done anything to have seen 2001 A Space Odyssey in theaters. That's a movie Ooh. I would have that. It would just be so good. Those first 20 minutes or so, maybe even a little more. 
just would have been incredible on screen because those graphics I, i'm not sure if you've seen the movie but those graphics still hold up today. i've seen clips of it but i haven't seen like the whole movie oh it's it's very slow but it's a masterpiece it's a very good movie but in theaters oh my god would have been so good yeah, there's lots of one that I would have killed to see in theaters. Like me and my friends, we had this big viewing party for it in our in a basement. El Camino, I would have watched that in a movie theater. Oh, that hands been, down. Yeah, yes. hands down. Definitely. That was a good that was a good movie. I know some people out there think that one was like I I, I don't know. Some people didn't really like it. They didn't think the story was good. I I liked it. I thought it was a good way to write off Jesse's story. Um and I think at that, I think Breaking Bad's franchise really ended with like a perfect bow with an ending to Walt, Jesse and Saul. Not to get into spoilers, but like I'm glad we have conclusions and it feels like there's nothing else they could do. As much as I would love a, a another show in that universe, they shouldn't do it because I think it just ended brilliantly. I don't know if you feel the same, but that's how I feel. Yeah, well, um, it's funny because a couple uh, episodes ago, I actually talked with this uh, Giancarlo uh, Esposito, who, of course, played Gus Fring. He was interviewed and talked about how he would love to do a Rise of Gus. Mm -hmm. I said, OK, I would like to see it under one condition. In that case, you got to recast Giancarlo Esposito because I'm like, you you can maybe, I don't know, because you can maybe have him as like a narrator or a flash forward sequence or something like that. But you can't have him the Rise of Gus when he's like, 20 you know what i mean like no way. if it yeah, was no the fear of the walking dead showrunners and yes you could do it but this is vince <laughs> gilligan peter gould you can't um yeah. and 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 that's the second point vince gilligan if vince gilligan peter gould are, are on board then absolutely i'd love to see it but i think aside from that i i think that's pretty much it how did you like though because as we we're talking about with um el camino did it ever take you out of the experience when you see like Todd, of course, Todd's supposed to be younger because it's a flashback and it did, didn't did look that way at all. And then, of course, Better Call Saul, we had the cab driver who was recast. How do you feel about that? Well, actually, you did a whole video about that as well, too, about yeah. the cab driver character. Yeah, I think when a story is good enough, it doesn't matter, but it is definitely immersion breaking. But like, what are you going to do? Todd Alquisac, Jesse Plemons, he had to put on weight for a production. So he he naturally looked very different. And the recast, that was inevitable. So I don't know who I, there's no one to like point the blame at because it just is what it is. But if the production is good enough, it really doesn't matter. And that was, that was the point of my video about Jeff the Cab Driver is Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould, I don't care what they make. They could make a video, they could make a movie about like the worst thing imaginable and it would still be one of the best productions ever they that could take a shit in the toilet take a picture of it and that's it what would, i was going it would, literally <laughs> it would it would literally be the best thing i've ever seen in my life <laughs> yeah yeah you could have poop with legs just like running around and if vince gilligan and peter gold made it it would be gold it would be gold but like <laughs> seriously i i don't know i i forget exactly where we were going with that but they are just so good. It's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. About immersion breaking and stuff like that. Yes, it definitely was. And it was distracting. And I have to say the first watch, especially for El Camino, it was very distracting either way, even if I love Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould. But once you could get past that, the story is very good. So it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like it's, and that's the thing about theater. That's the thing about anything. I just saw Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd was Oh, did bald. you really? Oh, we're done. Yeah. How was it? 
It was very good, but I didn't see it. Josh Groban was on Broadway uh, for it. He was the main headliner for Sweeney. Oh, okay. Um, but unfortunately, I missed him. Uh, so I got his um, not understudy. I guess understudy. I got his understudy, and he was bald. So to me, that's a little Im- immersion breaking for Sweeney Todd. But the performance was incredible, like just as good as the videos I saw with Josh Groban phenomenal performance that's like okay who cares like you know what i mean yeah and that's exactly exactly to the t how i feel about um both of those things in the breaking bad universe todd and um and jeff the cab driver it was told so well i didn't really care yeah absolutely well uh it's funny you're like uh there's not really one person uh to 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 uh, blame on that i think if i read this correctly i think it was actually bob odenkirk because he had his heart attack and yeah. then that delayed. And then I think if I uh, read that correctly, that's that's what I think happened. So yeah. how selfish of him to do that. Yeah. Um, how dare how dare he have a heart attack? How it's dare horrible. he? How dare he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, that makes sense. I didn't even think about that. That actually makes perfect sense. That's what I read. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but that would make sense, I guess, because I mean, yeah. that they push that by the way speaking of that, how wild I mean, like, you know, we're talking about how amazing Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould are uh you can't even tell what scene it was like i like i know it was it was a scene in uh the apartment when lalo's sending him in uh oh a spoiler alert by the way for you guys i think we just spoiled a lot of it anyway but whatever um and and uh it's all good man um and um uh lalo saying yeah go kill gus blah 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 blah. and it's a close-up pre-heart attack and then the next shot is post-heart attack and i'm like I didn't even know. Uh, honest to God, if it wasn't in the news or anything, I wouldn't have known. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's to their credit. You you cannot tell. Like you can't tell at all. I actually I I I don't even know what scene it was. I knew it was in that episode somewhere. Couldn't tell you. It doesn't look any different. There's no the they have such good and I'm forgetting the word of course as I'm about to get very emphasized, <laughs> but they have such good um uh, continuity is the word I'm yes. looking for. It's so, it's incredible in that show. Like you look at something, I know you haven't seen it, but Sopranos, there's a lot of continuity errors. Like every five minutes, there's a continuity error. It was also the first show of that sort. So they were, I feel like they were trying to find their footing and blah, blah, blah. And like, I, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what that matters, but this, that show compared to this flawless, there is, I, I've never caught anything in the show. I'm sure someone can, but it's the cinematography is just masterful in Better Call Saul. Oh, production. And it's wild that they take, uh, like, like uh, for instance, you would think that Mike was a character that was written from the very start. Yeah. But I it know. was completely because Bob Odenkirk was booked for another show. And then they had to get, they had to create this character. But it's their ability to, to, to make, the what's the word I'm looking for take some good out of the bad or I don't know if that's what I'm trying to say here and just make it seem like so flawless 
Yeah. So like we're seeing it, we're like, oh my god, that was fantastic. Oh my god, that was so brilliant. And meanwhile, behind the scenes, they're like shitting their pants because they're like, what do we do? What do we do? Bob's not available. Like, what do we do? Yeah. Like, just unbelievable. And we could go on for hours about this too, about Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Oh, and yeah. uh, so, uh, Jerry, where can people find you on uh, social media? Or um, first off, as we start to wrap up here, thank you so much for coming on. I should uh, start with that. Such a fan. And uh, really, like, just truly honored to have you on here. It feels like I'm just watching a video of you <laughs> on YouTube. And then I'm like, oh, fuck, he's talking to me. I'm right there. Um, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> surprise, motherfucker. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, where can people find you on social media and YouTube and all that stuff? I probably just announced your YouTube channel uh, anyway, but feel free yeah. to uh, plug that. Yeah, you, um, Jerry's takes on YouTube. That's uh, that's my main channel. Talk about all sorts of TV shows. I'm actually going to start reviewing Curb Your Enthusiasm this week, so look out for that. I guess tonight, my the I'm recording this ahead of time, so it's February 5th. That'll be out on the channel already. But I'll be doing that um, and all sorts of other shows, The Walking Dead and ton of other stuff you could also follow me on x or twitter or whatever you call oh, it God. i just say twitter yeah. i i get so pissed off with that i'm like oh yeah. the x oh i oh, oh, fuck it i just say it's twitter. Twitter. It's twitter twitter i hate it god fucking damn elon, it it's elon, twitter. elon Musk stick to cars <laughs> i just oh yeah you can hey you can find me on everything it's jerry's takes everything twitter instagram only YouTube, fans all the stuff only fans it's literally just pictures of debt of ceiling fans that's it no, I'm just joking. <laughs> that that seemed too specific. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, there's uh, oh god, but yeah, I'm on all the things Jerry's takes. Um, this has been really great. Seriously, thank you so much. Um, this is awesome. This is weird. I I don't do these enough. This is weird. This is great. Yeah, yeah. Now <laughs> now you're the one being uh interviewed. Normally you're the one who's who's in control, and you're like, holy shit, what do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> um, but man, yeah, such an honor. And guys, definitely be sure to check out all. Everything Jerry does, follow him on Instagram, YouTube, all that stuff. OnlyFans as well. Only um, yeah. <laughs> I'd be careful how we say that. Someone will actually start typing that in. I can't find his OnlyFans. <laughs> It'll uh, be like a maze. I'm there somewhere. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, um, so guys, uh, whether you're listening to this or if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you can check the video version out on YouTube on Jerry's uh, YouTube channel. If you're watching this on Jerry's YouTube channel already, feel free to check out the rest of the episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all that stuff. And be sure to stay up to date with all of our uh, episodes, projects, upcoming shows. Uh, we will take a short break. We will be right back for the rest of the episode. Uh, so tune into uh, the actual show, the actual podcast to see the rest of that. But until then, this is Frankie and Jerry signing off. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. And I'll talk to you later. Peace out. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cork and Entertainment Show. That was me and uh, Jerry from Jerry's Takes. Uh, thank you so much to Jerry for uh, coming on to the show. As I said in the podcast and I said to him uh, in our uh, initial meeting, I was such a fan of him and his videos. And so it was a true honor to have him on here today. So um, 
Uh, thank you again to Jerry. And guys, be sure to, to, go, to go check out Jerry's Takes uh, YouTube, on uh, Instagram. Follow him on all social medias there are. And uh, OnlyFans, too. Uh, <laughs> that's a joke, by the way, for, for, for people who took that literally. No, he does not have an OnlyFans. As far as I know, he doesn't. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yes, thank you, Jerry, so much. I appreciate it, man. And uh, so, yeah, so... Um, the first thing that I wanted to discuss today is uh, this new TED TV show. Now, I had done an episode where I had talked about the trailer and that I had very high hopes for it. When I first heard about a TED TV show, I wasn't sure, really sure uh, what to think. Uh, now, of course, TED, the TED movies are uh, some of the funniest movies that I've ever seen. TED 1 is in my top comedies of all time. TED 2, uh, it gets a lot of hate, but personally, I think it's a great movie. Um, it did have its problems, yes, but I think th there were it had moments that were so funny that I had to question: Is this funnier than the first TED? Um, so really, yeah, TED one and two, I love a lot. Uh, a shame that we didn't get a TED three, but now that I've seen the TED TV show, um, I think I prefer this. Um, now the TED TV show, I've only seen up to episode four. Now I wanted, I I'm like doing my absolute best to try and find some sort of site where I can watch all the episodes. Uh, but the problem is that um, they're all available for streaming on Peacock, um, which is for states only. So I'm watching it on Bell 5 TV 1 on demand, uh, but the episodes come out weekly. So every um, uh, it comes out, it's it airs on Thursday nights around 11 o'clock or so, so I'll normally catch it on Friday. So every Friday I watch a new TED episode. I just watched the Halloween episode for those of you guys who have seen the whole show. Um, no spoilers. Please don't give any spoilers. Um, but I just wanted to get my thoughts on how... So, of course, there's four or seven episodes in total in season one. I wanted to get my thoughts on why this deserves to continue and why it deserves a season two. And the fact that I'm saying that I haven't even seen the whole season... I can already tell that it's just going to go up from here in a good way. Um, I could be wrong, but I mean, everything I'm seeing about this, like there's so many people who are saying, oh my God, the TED TV show was actually really good. And in my opinion, I think it's better than the movies. I really, really do. Four episodes in, I actually like it a lot better than the movies. I'm, it's, it's the hardest I've laughed in years. Uh, and I've seen lots of good comedies and stuff like that and good TV shows uh, within the last, uh, you know, five, ten years. But... There's something about the TED TV show. Oh, my God. It. We, of course, know that Seth MacFarlane hasn't written on Family Guy in years. He stopped a while ago, which it's no... It's kind of obvious when you see the quality of Family Guy, how it deteriorated. I think he left around season... I don't know what season he left on now. I even saw an article recently where Family Guy has no signs of stopping anytime soon. Um, but, yeah, I just think I just think it's so, so damn funny. Like, and you can tell when Seth MacFarlane is involved, you can tell that it's a good movie or, or, or good anything, good TV show, good movie, but you can really feel just, there's something about it in the air that you're like, Seth MacFarlane was involved in this. And that's the problem with Family Guy is that Seth MacFarlane's not in it anymore. Uh, he, he, of course, still does the voices, but he's not writing on it. They just give him the scripts and go, here you go. Here's your lines. Um, but, oh, my God, Ted is just so damn funny. And it's one of those things where I feel like Seth MacFarlane, for years, he was always too uh, committed to Family Guy to the point where he couldn't go pursue 
other things. Family Guy is up in its like season 25 or so, something like that. Almost 30, like it's Simpson territory now. And it almost felt like he was almost locked in. Like he couldn't get out. He was just stuck to Family Guy no matter what. It's like an actor when they get a role, someone who signs on for Marvel or someone who signs on for The Walking Dead and they're committed to that for years. And that was the same deal with Seth MacFarlane, I think, for Family Guy, which it's good that he's left and he's writing other things because now we've gotten this ted tv show which i gotta say guys um anyone in the states of course you can get peacock because you're you're in the states it i don't know why they don't let us use peacock in canada I, i've tried i'm like let me pirate this thing i'm like no i'll watch it uh, legitimately so shout out to bell 5 tv one um for for giving me a platform to watch the ted tv show on and uh you know four episodes in i am so stoked um actually by the time at the time of this recording i've only seen four but when the episode comes out i'll have seen five so five episodes in i can already tell i'm already seeing clips from episode five i already know it's gonna be hilarious um but it follows of course ted it's a prequel to to the ted movies ted uh, and John during their high school years, uh, you know, John going through, you know, losing his virginity, smoking drugs for the first time and all that stuff. And it's just so, so funny. Episode two, I think, is probably the hardest I've laughed in forever. Um, and it's really one of those shows I'm like, OK, scrap Family Guy. I don't want to see Family Guy anymore. I just I just think. I mean, of course, uh, McFarlane's not writing on it anymore. He's still acting on it. But Oh, God, I want to see more Ted. There's something about the Ted TV show where, um, where as the Ted movies, I didn't really realize it until I started watching the TV show, that the main draw, of course, of the Ted movies were Ted, Ted the Bear. Of course, Mark Wahlberg and Mila Kunis and Amanda Seyfried and uh, Giovanni Ribisi and all them are good. Um, uh, what's his face uh, from Community? Uh, uh, Joel McHale is in it as well, too. Uh, which, yeah, those are great, but Ted was always like the main draw to it. Uh, whereas now with the Ted TV show, they're giving us more time to flesh out the other characters where, as opposed to the Ted movies, when it it focuses on Ted and then it jumps to another character and you're like, oh, goddamn, just put Ted back on. But as for the show, it's gotten to the point now where once Ted leaves, I'm like, okay, this is good, this is good, and then it goes back to Ted, I'm like, okay, now, can we go back to John, because I, I like, I, I like what's going on with his storyline, or, or can we go back to Susan, I want to see what's going back with her storyline, or Blair, you know, and uh, Maddie, like, oh my god, and there, there's just so many characters that, Maddie, especially the father character, who, I don't know who the actor is, but he is so freaking hilarious, and the fact that it, it went from, we all went to see Ted, for Ted, we're now seeing it for the other characters. They've done such an, a fantastic job at fleshing them out. And it really feels like they should have just made this a sitcom to begin with. I think that was the original pitch, if I'm not mistaken, if I read that correctly. That was the original pitch was that they wanted to do it for uh, a sitcom. Seth MacFarlane wanted to do it, do Ted as a sitcom. And then, uh, of course, they went the movie route, which worked out. But... This is proof to me that I'm like, yes, they. this is how it should be, and this is why it deserves another season. I'm praying that it does. I think Seth MacFarlane said he's willing to do another season if people respond well to it and it gets the good uh, reception and Peacock wants to do another season. I'd say at this point, five epi four episodes, or well, five episodes by the time this comes out, 
Um, just greenlit it already, for God's sakes. Come on, Peacock, just give them another season. I just think, oh, this is one of the funniest shows I've ever seen in a long time. And I think it absolutely deserves a season two. And guys, be sure, for those of you guys in Canada, um, you can watch it on Bell 5 TV 1 on demand the way I am. I'm recording them all so I can, I can go back and watch them whenever I want, commercial free. Uh, and it's just great, man. Oh, it's so good. Uh, but definitely, guys, be sure to let me know what you think. If you haven't seen it yet, why are you? Why aren't you watching it? Like you, you got to check this out. It's so good. Um, and if you are, what do you think about it? And uh, definitely be sure to let me know your thoughts on uh, social media. And uh, so now, with that down and out of the way, let's t- move on to our last discussion topic today, which is. We heard news, we heard reports, it was a couple years ago when Sonic 2 came out that Jim Carrey was considering retirement. Um, Unfortunate, but, you know, what can you do? The guy has done it for so long. And we knew that they were developing a Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Whether Jim Carrey was going to be in it, we had no idea. I didn't see any type of set photos or anything suggesting that he was. So... I was kind of like, okay, maybe he's not in it. I don't really know. I haven't really seen much about it. Um, but now we have confirmation. Luckily, we have confirmation here that, uh, you know, despite the talks of retiring and stuff, uh, Jim Carrey's coming back, at least for one more time. I don't know. It doesn't really say if, if this is his last one or what. But this article is uh, from IGN.com. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 3 adds Kristen Ritter, uh, Cristo Fernandez, Aaliyah Brown, and more. Uh, Kristen Ritter, of course. Jessica Jones. Uh, she played Jane on Breaking Bad and El Camino. Um, she was only in like two seconds of El Camino. It was for a flashback sequence. But um, anyways, uh, regardless fantastic actress uh Kristen Ritter um so uh following the news that Jim Carrey will return as Dr. Uh, Robotnik IGN can reveal that Sonic the Hedgehog 3 will see the additions of Kristen Ritter, Ayla Brown, James Wolk, Sophia Pernez, um uh Cristo Fernandez and Dorma Tacoon to its t- cast while we don't know yet who these newcomers will be playing we do know that they will be joined Joining returning cast members Jim Carrey, Ben Schwartz, Lee Majob, Idris Elba, Colleen uh, O'Shaughnessy, I don't know, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce that, Tom Butler, James Marston, and Tika Sumter. Um, and so it kind of specula- uh, speculates on here about uh, who, who they're going to be playing, uh, Rouge the Bat, uh, they're talking about uh, for um, uh, 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 Brown, uh, Aaliyah Brown. They're talking about maybe uh, Kristen Ritter. Maybe she's going to play Amy. Um, I've even seen some people talk about maybe she's going to play Maria, who's uh, Shadow the Hedgehog's girlfriend, whatever you call her. Um, It's been a while since I played the Sonic games, but I'm actually really, I really want to catch up on them now uh, just to refresh my memory. Um, So then here's the article, of course, Jim Carrey returning as Robotnik for Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Despite his talk of retirement, Jim Carrey is officially returning to the world of movies at least one more time as he will star as Dr. Robotnik in Sonic the Hedgehog 3. As reported by Variety, the exciting news was announced shortly after the movie's logo was revealed and that also has fans quite happy as it appears to be a nod to Sonic Adventure 2. The, The homage is a perfect one as Shadow the Hedgehog, who was teased in Sonic the Hedgehog 2's post credit scene, was the cover star of the game alongside Sonic. Uh, and then they released a teaser and stuff, and it's awesome. I'm I'm super stoked that he's coming back now, because it's funny the fact that I'm I'm 
I'm so relieved that Eggman is coming back. It's because Jim Carrey has brought in such life to it. Um, at first, it was hard for me to get on board with it, especially in the first one where I was like, I just feel like I'm watching Jim Carrey, but he's so good that I don't care. Uh, and then the second one, he, of course, looks like him now. I don't even care that, that he's too skinny for Robotnik. He, he was perfect. It was awesome. And I'm like, oh, I, I just can't imagine them doing one without him. And so it says, as for Carrie, the actor said back in April 2022 uh, that he was seriously, seriously considering retiring after Sonic the Hedgehog 2 unless something truly spectacular came along. Well, I'm retiring, Carrie said. Yeah, probably. I'm being fairly serious. It depends. If the Angels spring some sort of script that's written in gold ink that says to me it's going to be really important for people to see, I might continue down the road, but I'm taking a break. Um... Which, yeah, thank God. Thank God he's coming back, though, because... Now, look, even if, if it's his last one, whatever, uh, I don't anticipate he'll be the main villain of this one. I assume we're going to get to the point now where he's going to be more of a sidekick in some ways. Obviously, he'll still be, like, a adversary-type role, uh, but... Um, there will I'm, I'm sure there will be some sort of bigger threat that it's going to force someone to work together. And either way, I'm super stoked for this. Like, like, it's so crazy how I didn't, I had no interest in these Sonic movies, especially after the horrible, horrible Sonic CGI that they changed because people cyberbullied an entire movie in uh, studio into changing his design just to please them, which I think was wild that they did that, but shows that they had so much faith in it that, they, they they were willing to go the extra mile just to please fans, um, which I'm glad they did because now we got these two amazing movies. We got a third one on the way that's going to be even better. I wonder who's going to be voicing Shadow. Um, I was actually wondering that. I thought Robert Pattinson, by the way, would make a great one. Just hearing his voice in the Batman, I think it kind of fits Shadow very well. That's just me. Um Maybe I'll, I'll put that as our Spotify poll for this week. Would Robert Pattinson be a good shadow? Um, now, people who, of course, only know him as Twilight, don't, eh, whatever. But he's a great actor. He was a great Batman. He has the voice. I think he could pull it off. That's just me. Anyways, uh, Jim Carrey, back as Robotnik. Do I think it's going to be his last one after that? Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. Well, I mean, like, when he released that article before that, um, or that statement that he was going to be uh, retiring after Sonic 2, I generally believed him i said yeah i i i can see that he ha he's had a good career he likes quiet life now i guess he does a lot of painting and stuff like that in his free time i kind of believed him then so if he says it now that this is his last one i don't know it, it's kind of one of those things where it's like i'll believe it when i see it but we'll see how it goes regardless i'm happy he's at least coming back for one more it would be such a shame to see these sonic movies without jim carrey's uh, robotnik it just wouldn't feel the same um, but yeah, super stoked. I, I think it's gonna be great. The movie's coming out in December. I can't wait. We should hopefully be getting a trailer for it soon. I hope anyway. But, uh, anyways, guys, be sure to let me know your thoughts on that, uh, about Jim Carrey coming back as Robotnik. And, uh, we're going to call for the show there today, guys. Um, I want to thank Jerry's takes for coming on today. Uh, really, really appreciate it. And, uh, such a big fan of his work for, for, um, for a long time. And uh, I hopefully you guys will as well. And be sure to check out all the amazing work that he does on his channel. And uh, follow him on social media, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, so uh, tickets for Playhouse Coral, by the way, guys. We still got lots left. 
Uh, and uh, of course, March 1st to 2nd, Beaverbrook Kin Center, $20 admission. Uh, text or call 1506-624-3315. And uh, we have our Facebook event, of course, so be sure to respond to that. Keep up to date with all of our posts. And uh, we're seriously looking forward to it. Can't wait to uh, put this show on. And uh, we hope it was worth the wait for you guys. So anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening to the show today. I'll see you next week. But until then, this is Frankie signing off. Have a good one, guys.